Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories. The true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Tryhard. I am Ethan Hewlin, and this week I am back with another special guest. Please welcome Ben. Uh, ben, welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, listeners, Ben's partner, Brienne, was the first guest I've ever had. She's made a couple of other appearances on here, um, and it's been uh, quite a bit of a process to get him on here, so I'm really glad uh, <laughs> that he's here. So, Ben, could you tell listeners a bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Ben. I'm 25. I'm originally, so I'm French, but I was born and grew up in Belgium, and I currently live in Queensland, which is in Australia. And I have uh, inattentive type ADHD, which I guess is why I'm here today. Yep, that's uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today is uh, neurodivergency, specifically in adults, because. As you were telling me, you have kind of an interesting story as far as far as how you got there. So, um, yeah. So, so what what led you to uh, to realize that maybe um, you weren't neurotypical, as it were? Um, I think I first realized when I was twenty two. Yeah, 22, I think, around then. Um, when I was just scrolling on Twitter and I found a, a thread of someone with, with ADHD that described the, their experience and it it really clicked with me and, and therefore I started researching it and saw that it definitely clicked a lot with me and then, so that that's where it started and then the the process from there to getting diagnosed was, was quite a bit longer. But What was that process like? Yeah, so after I I saw that the initial thread, um, which led me to to look into ADHD a lot more. Um, so I was seeing a psychologist at the time for something. Un- I'll, I'll say unrelated. It turns out in the end it was kind of all tied, <laughs> uh, but for something I thought was unrelated. And then at the time I, I brought up the subject and. Uh, what my my therapist at the time told me was just that um, I was just basically I was just smart and that's the way the smart brain works and therefore she didn't think I had ADHD Uh, so that was about two two three years ago and then um, after a while I stopped seeing her because she retired and I anyway moved into state and so I started seeing a new therapist and once again brought up the subject and and he thought uh, I might have it and therefore he referred me to a psychiatrist because here in Australia you to be properly diagnosed and to be able to be put on medication and stuff you have to get your diagnosis from a psychiatrist therefore I got my referral and the first psychiatrist I saw um basically didn't listen to me at all. It, it felt like he had made his mind up just based on the referral he had received. And, and I didn't feel hurt at all. And and that was a bit hard. First of all, um, there was like a three-month wait or something for to get the appointment with him. So 
waiting so long to in the hope of getting a, a diagnosis at the end and just being dismissed like that w was quite hard and then afterwards it was also hard to, to know what to do next because um, I, I didn't want to be uh, you know you see with these people that keep seeing uh, doctor after doctor until they get the diagnosis they thought they had um, just to be able to get it and on the one hand, I didn't want to be that person. On the other hand, uh, I felt like there was something that therefore I needed a second opinion. So I went back, uh, got a, a referral to another psychiatrist and and he was much better and actually listened to me. And um, so the, f the first step with that psychiatrist was that he, he acknowledged that there was an attention deficit. So um, I'll go back a, li a little bit. So a like ADHD stands for attention deficit hyperactivity hyperactivity disorder it um it's kind of like the combination of two previous uh conditions that were called add attention deficit disorder and hyperactivity uh people over the time have realized that they're actually uh kind of two sides of the same coin and therefore there's now adhd that has three different types this inattentive type which is mainly when your brain's hyperactive and you yeah, you have struggle with attention, um, either you lack it or you have way too much of it and you start hyper-focusing on things. Then you have hi hyperactive type ADHD, where it's more a physical type of hyperactivity. Um, a lot of running around, fidgeting, not able to, to sit still. And the third type is combined where you have the, the first two at the same time. And so my uh, psychiatrist uh, acknowledged that I had an attention deficit, which would be the first step to, to be able to be diagnosed with uh, inattentive type ADHD. Um, however, it took a few sessions to be able to determine whether ADHD was actually the, the source of this attention deficit or whether the attention deficit was a symptom of something else. Um, he thought it could potentially be something called complex PTSD, which is kind of like PTSD, but instead of coming from a single traumatic event, it would be like from a, a repeated smaller trauma uh, that would have uh, come from my, my childhood with like um, attachment issues with my parents and things like that. But it turns out I actually do have ADHD. And once uh, that was uh, determined, um, I was able to, to start on the medication. Um, so the, the medication he prescribed to me was uh, Ritalin. Um, and at first, like the, the way the medication is presented to you, it's a bit like, wow, here's this medication. It, it's not going to solve, like fix your ADHD because it, it's not something you can cure. It, like you have it or you don't. And if you have it, it's for life. Um, and you don't develop it. Like you have it from birth and that's it. Um, right. And so that that I knew, I knew it wasn't something that it was going to cure my ADHD, but I thought I was under the impression that you take the medication and all of a sudden it, it's almost as if you don't have it. Um, the, the thing is for me, what it did for me is like, it, it helped me really, um, it helped me with the attention and like, it's almost like I knew once I got started with a task, I'd therefore be able to actually commit to it and finish, which is something I really struggled when uh, I was uh, undiagnosed and shortly after my diagnosis when I wasn't yet on the medication. That's one of the main issues I have with my ADHD is that I really struggle to 
get started on the task once I'm on it to actually keep going, especially if it's a task that doesn't stimulate my brain. It's almost like all or nothing. Either the task is too boring for my brain, really struggling to focus on it, won't keep my attention on it if I even start doing it, or that's all my brain wants to do when I just do it uh, for hours on end. I can forget to hydrate and things like that while I'm on it. So with with the medication um i could feel that if i started the task i'd be able to properly do it even if it's not the type of task that that my brain would normally uh be be good at but the thing it didn't really help with was actually getting started with the task and and i almost had to undo uh 25 years of conditioning that if a task looked boring I was setting my like I was going to have to deal with something really boring. I wouldn't say quite painful, but really hard and taking a lot of attention and energy to to keep going at it. And and really overall, I'm I'm setting myself up to have a really bad time ahead of me when I start a boring task. And and that took a lot. Of, and I'm I'm still actually working on, on trying to undo the sort of conditioning that I had from when I wasn't on the on the ADHD meds. That um, now I know that if I start a task, I'll be able to finish it and won't particularly have a bad time doing it. But but I still have that block of actually starting the task. Wow, that yeah, that's kind of similar to um, what happened with. Uh, my sister. So my sister is 16. She was diagnosed with ADHD when she was uh, early elementary school. I forget exactly what age she was. Um, but as um, as some of you may know, and Ben, you may know this as well, ADHD can be a comorbidity, meaning it can be linked with other um, mental disorders as well and my sister is also on the autism spectrum so she has combined adhd and she's on the autism spectrum which made which made like school and schoolwork very hard for her and also making friends very hard for her and it was a very similar uh process to what you were describing uh just now where she was on her meds and Either they, they wouldn't work, or they wouldn't work as well as my mom wanted them to, and so she has actually bounced around to a bunch of different therapists and other people like that to kind of hopefully figure that out, and actually right now she's doing outpatient therapy because of that. Um, so she's still trying to figure out exactly what to do with that, but it's been a process... Uh, for her, and actually, I think I've yet to get this professionally diagnosed, but I think I might have inattentive ADHD as well, just based on some of the the things that you were describing that I've and that I've realized uh, about myself. Just the um, not wanting to complete a task that doesn't stimulate my brain, just forgetting nearly everything unless I have it written down, and several other things, but. It's just, it's not something that I thought would ever affect me, just because I don't really think of myself as being similar to her in that way, but I also have to consider that we don't have the same kind 
if I was to be diagnosed because mine sounds more of the inattentive, whereas hers is the combined. So, yeah, uh, I definitely also kind of have that because my my brother in law uh, also has both combined ADHD and is on the autism spectrum, and therefore there there is that part of when you you compare yourself to other people, you know that might have it, and and as you say, at first it, it's hard because. When you look at ADHD, it matches, but when you compare yourself to someone you know that has it, it doesn't necessarily. And then, but you have to remind yourself: a, we don't necessarily have the same type. He had uh, combined. I had in, inattentive. He's also on, on the autism spectrum, which I'm not. So th- there's all of these differences that that means you can't. I can't just compare myself to him and say, oh. If I'm like him, I also have ADHD. If I'm not like him, it means I don't have it. And the, there's that the, that's to keep in mind. But, but for what you were saying, it, of course, I'm not a professional. I'm not diagnosing you. But, but it's very possible considering there is a um, a genetic component to, to ADHD. And, and it's often hereditary. Uh, and if, if your parents have it, you're more likely to get it. And if therefore one of your siblings has it, it's possible one of your parents had it and therefore that we, you would have it too. Oh yeah, Ben, I should probably mention my sister's adopted. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that would, that would help. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it would help, but yeah, sorry, I didn't take that into account. Hey tryhards, Ethan here. I want to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon is a donation service, a monthly subscription service where you donate money to me to support the show, to support uh, the growth of it, whether that means merchandise or more podcasts or other things of that nature. And I would really appreciate if you guys will be willing and able to give just a little bit of whatever extra money you may have. Because while the show will always be free for everyone to listen, um... The way to make it isn't, and I'm in college, and things are expensive. So I'd appreciate any little amount that you're able to give. So thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Um, and if either of my parents have it, I don't know about it, because as far as I know, neither of them were diagnosed with it. Um, my parents have anxiety at least my mom does um so that's where i get it from from her um but that's the extent of mine as far as hereditary um mental disorders goes from my family yeah um i was just kind of in the same boat I, I didn't know of any particular diagnosis for for my parents before before starting that journey and once i shared with them uh, my my diagnosis and explain um, explain what I saw in myself that, that made me think I had ADHD and and also therefore kind of looking back on on growing up and my childhood and being like my interaction with them kind of trying to to explain and be able to to describe not quite describe but like put a, a like a reason behind some of the the behaviors I might have. Like, for example, when I was in high school, I was really struggling with doing my homework in some of the subjects I really didn't like. And But I was like straight A student in the subjects I did really like. So um, 
there was that aspect and so like I, I wanted to to share all of that with, with them and and describing all of that with them uh my dad said oh like i wonder if i might have it because what you're saying sounds very similar so yeah before starting that journey i, I didn't know uh if any of my parents had it um or even before i started looking in all of that i didn't particularly know it was uh it could be hereditary and therefore um I didn't know to look in that in my parents too, and but therefore talking with them, I, I discovered it's quite possible that my dad has it too. Yeah, I mean that's that's really interesting because like it's a lot more widely diagnosed now than it has been in the past, and that may be a reason why they may not know is because it just wasn't as common for people to be diagnosed back then. Oh, for sure. Um, it's quite interesting, actually. I, I read recently that there was a, um, a spike in, in diagnosis during the, the pandemic. Um, actually, I got diagnosed d during the pandemic. It was I, I don't feel like it was particularly linked to it because I didn't really feel the, the effects of it, thankfully, living in, living in Australia on an island we're quite isolated. So, so we've been able to, to keep our cases quite down and therefore haven't felt the the pandemic too much so I, I don't feel like my diagnosis was linked to it but I, f I thought it was quite interesting that there was a, a spike lately in, in the number of diagnoses recorded maybe I mean I I don't know if mine came out of it but I also like the pandemic and giving me so much more time to like reflect it, there's been a lot of self-reflection happening for me in multiple areas of my life and seen things where it's like if you have ADHD you might you know forget almost everything you do unless you write it down which I have to write things down otherwise I won't remember that I need to do them or that they're important I don't mean to forget things I just do like my parents like to say Ethan you forget your own head if it wasn't attached to your body so yeah it, it's no, that, um, that's it's something yeah that, that's for sure and actually that that's something I also wanted to to touch on is that on top of medication that there's a there's a lot of uh, just coping mechanisms in general to to be able to dampen the effects of ADHD if I can say it like that um like for example is that like when I go food shopping my rule is if I have to buy more than two things I have to write a list because I know I can't remember more than two things I have to buy um uh lately I've been struggling a lot with all the I'll say the tasks that never end it's like doing the dishes cooking doing the laundry and all of that the the chores that you do and they're still there after you've done them because there's just more of it and I've been really struggling with that because it, the, that boring task that I feel like it never ends uh, really doesn't go well with ADHD and therefore I, I've been having to find coping mechanisms for it for example one of the things I really struggle with is always having to to figure out what to eat let alone actually cook it um, like going shopping and eating it and so what I've had to do is like at the end of the week on a Sunday, I have to um, uh, make a, a plan for the week ahead. I don't necessarily meal prep in the sense that I don't like cook all my food in one go and then 
uh, eat it throughout the week, but but I do have to make my food plan ahead because I know that if I don't every day, I'm going to be like, oh, I have no idea what I'm going to eat today. And then it's, it's going to have a big effect on, on my mental health, make my depression worse as it goes. Like the the more you do it and every day, it just adds on the the effect it had the day before. And yeah, it's, it's quite hard, but yeah, you have to find coping mechanisms. It's not all the medication. You you still have to do quite a bit of work on yourself to, right. to be able to find how how to cope better with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, like it, like medications. At least you know, in my experience, I've never been a, you know a cure all. There's always something else that you have to do to make sure that they work. Like it's it's yeah. a it's not a, a one-time, you know, it's not a, a a magic pill that you can just take and everything will be better. No. And a lot of these coping mechanisms even come from before I had my diagnosis and just things I had to do to be able to, to cope with life. Like, uh, when I was in high school, uh, well, we, in school in general, um, I lost so many points on, on tests because I was like skipping questions because I didn't even realize they were there. And therefore I learned that at the end of a test, I have to read through every single question to make sure I've actually answered them all because I would just not notice that the question was there and stuff like that. And so, yeah, there's a lot of these coping mechanisms that don't necessarily come from my therapy since I've been diagnosed. It's just things I've had to come up with over the years just from living my ADHD life, not knowing I had it. And that's... That's actually one of the things that tipped me off to kind of think in terms of maybe I do have this because, you know, growing up, I would miss a lot of points on tests as well because I would like read like half the question and I'm like, oh, I know what to do. And then it would be the wrong answer because I didn't read the full thing. So yeah, I've had to go back through tests and make sure I answered the question fully um, which has caused me to lose quite a few points over the course of my, you know, 13, 14 years of, of public schooling. So, yeah, it's, it, it's surprising to me because I never really thought of, um, like it wasn't really after my, until after my parents split up that I really... I began to to understand, or at least try to understand that maybe there is, maybe I'm not quite like everybody else. And like my, my mom tried to explain it to me because she has anxiety, it's something that she's had to, to work through throughout her life. And especially during that time. Um, and I think that's kind of what may have accelerated that a little bit because, you know, trauma on a nine-year-old um but the the adhd part is something that i really hadn't considered because i had as far as i knew no like hereditary reference for it like i can't say oh my my grandpa's adhd or my uncle is adhd or something like that yeah, I, I can definitely relate with that. I, I also didn't have a, a family frame of reference of I could just see someone else and say, oh, 
you have it, maybe I should look into it because it sounds quite similar because I was the first of my family to get that diagnosis. You really have no frame of reference. And, and also, I, I come from a family where we don't talk much, especially about the, the deep stuff and therefore um, mental health and all of that was barely talked about if talked about at all and therefore I didn't really know what ADHD was like like I knew I vaguely knew it was a thing I had heard but I, I didn't know what it was actually like to have it and like you, you just have your stereotypes on it like you you picture like a, a nine-year-old that can't sit still and that spends the whole time they're home just running around in the garden and being crazy and until they crash in bed and then as soon as they get up they, they start again and and yeah I had I think all these stereotypes that I had to to unbuild first where and be able to to learn what ADHD was actually like for for people with it and and then being able to to relate to it and to see oh it actually sounds a lot like what I experience on a daily basis and therefore I should actually look into it and, and see if that's something I actually have or if it just sounds similar but something else like yeah um it is definitely something that I've been looking into to, to getting tested for because like if I have this like I want to know what I can do about it because like I don't like missing small things I don't like forgetting things it's just I wouldn't say accidental, it's just not purposeful. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely get that. Like, the amount of, I, I, I've stopped counting how many times in a day I lose my phone and things like that. I just, it's somewhere in the house, inside the house. I just don't know where. And I've, Like, I had it in less than a minute before on me, and I can't find it for the life of me. And it's... Sometimes it's frustrating, and, and you have to remind yourself... you. It's it's not something wrong with you. It's not um, you're not doing it on purpose. It's not anything like that. It's just the way your brain works. It, it your brain's not good at remembering that type of information, and and, and that's it. And 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 I think growing up, the this whole part of it, it's not you. It's just the brain. Your your way your brain works. It was quite hard, especially not having that diagnosis until I was I was 25 when I was back back in school there was like so many of my teachers would say I have so much like wasted potential and if I only applied myself more I'd be able to get so much better grades and things like that and because I would like miss questions on tests or not read them properly and or not do my homework because it wasn't a subject that really interested me but when I was participating in class and when I was on test, I was still doing relatively good despite all the missed questions. And so my, my grades weren't to the point of failing. And therefore, I was kind of almost like passed through through the nets and and it wasn't core, but, but there were still all these little comments and stuff that, that makes it quite hard. And like, for example, when I shared my diagnosis with my parents, they were like, um, you know, this whole period in high school where you were really struggling with your homework, like... Like, my parents, they, like, they said to me, like, we thought you were just lazy, like, and, and 
can be hard to hear, but at the same time, I also understand how it can be seen that way on an outsider perspective. But, um, and and that's, I understand it's not necessarily on your teachers to to notice you have ADHD, even though they they can definitely help. Uh, I think your yeah. own family there's there's a bit. At least my perception is that there there is a bit more. Um, uh, responsibility on them to to be able to notice these things growing up and therefore I was a bit like it was a bit hard like when I told them when I was 25 they said oh yeah, looking back it actually makes sense yeah but there was a bit of, of resentment if that if it does make sense you could have seen it sooner but I understand why they didn't absolutely all right uh, Ben we are approaching uh, rap time do you have any encouraging words for listeners who might think they might be neurodivergent um it's not you <laughs> um also getting a diagnosis can can definitely help however it it's definitely not the only option i understand that it's not always uh an option for many people it can take a lot of time uh it's it can be hard to be taken seriously as i've personally experienced and i'm lucky enough it might be a bad expression but um yeah, I'll say I, I'm lucky enough to to be male, and and a lot of the diagnosis tools for ADHD have been written for males, and I know a lot of for a lot of of women, it's very hard to to get that diagnosis, or at least a lot harder than it is for men, because um, ADHD can present itself differently in women. Um, so I know I'm extremely privileged to to have had the the means and to have been taken seriously by a medical professional that I have been able to get my diagnosis. I know it's not the case for everyone. So to me, self-diagnosis is absolutely fine and and do do look it up, do look at all the coping mechanisms. Um I know there's a massive community of ADHD people on Twitter. Um look up the hashtags uh, like ADHD and there's a few others there, of course, I've forgotten. But if you just search ADHD, you find others and you'll find a lot of really helpful tips and you can even ask questions and all of that. So, yeah, I think my, my biggest tip is engage with other people. You you learn a lot um, about how to cope and you learn a lot about yourself. And, and that is, in a way, almost as valuable, if not more, than, than getting a medical diagnosis uh, in itself. All right. Thank you, Ben. Uh, where can people find you on the internet if you're comfortable with that? Uh, I'm mainly only active on Twitter because it's tiny messages. So it's really useful for ADHD. Uh, at ADHD underscore Ben. Uh, ben, just B-E-N. All right. Wonderful. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week to True Stories of a Tryhard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hulen. That's H-U-L-E-N. You can find me on Twitter, ET Phone Home. The O's are zeros, the E's are threes. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at True Stories Pod. The best way to get the word out about podcasts is via word of mouth and social media. So please, please, please share this with your friends, share it on your social media, and if you post it in some way and tag me, you will get featured on the official podcast accounts. And please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would very much appreciate it. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin and Ben signing off. (laughs) 